Hey y'all. Hey, hey y'all. How y'all doing? Hey y'all. How y'all doing? It's your girl Mitra B. I'm here with you guys one more time. Today I want to tell you guys a little story. Um, so y'all bear with me. I might have a little hiccup or two, but it's okay. I'm going to try to keep us on track. And you might hear me shuffling the cards a little bit, but that's just to... I'm going to let these cards help me tell you this story. Um, it's a story uh, that I've heard all too often. And a lot of people may, able, may be able to relate to this story after you hear it. But first... Um, I'm going to give you the name of the story. And the name of the story is the book of Job. Now, a lot of people know the book of Job from the Bible, of course. And if you read the book of Job, you understand the book of Job. I mean, Job endured a lot. And he stood in it. But he endured a lot. And this story touched my heart because um, I hear this a lot when talking to people. So let me be a little creative with you guys and give you this story. I pray it blesses your spirit as it from my from my lips to your ears. I pray it gives you what you need. I get uh, it's for somebody definitely, and um. I'm going to make it up as I go, but bear with me, I'm going to listen and see what I hear. Well, there's this story of a child whether it be girl or boy. And, um, you know, as a child, we're curious creatures. <laughs> Not only that, most of the time, children, as children, we're giddy. We're uh, excited about life. We're, um, we are, <laughs> we, some of us don't know how to hush. You know, some of us don't know how to sit down. But we're just excited about life. And um, that's the innocence, I think, is what I'm trying to get at. And um, you love your family, you love your friends, you love love. <laughs> You're a little girl or a little boy with, uh, you dream a lot. And um, you have a lot of ideas about uh, life. And you're not even old enough to really know what life is just yet. Um, you, live, you got a small family. For the most part, it's a small family. It's just... Uh, a you and your mother and maybe one or two siblings but um, it's just you guys um, you may or may not live in the projects but the projects is where a lot of us grew up um, and as a little girl um, because your mom had to work a lot and she was a single parent um, you and maybe your siblings kind of spent a lot of time alone because, um, and of course you knew to stay in the house. You had to stay in the house. 
Uh, mama will close that door, tell you, don't you come out that door, and she will go on to work. And you knew not to answer that door. Um, mother went to work, you and your siblings, y'all knew what to do, y'all ate, fed each other, whatever. Mama left for y'all, y'all played the game, watched TV, until mama got off work. There were certain rules that you lived by. Um, and you knew the rules. And um, you didn't break them because if you broke those rules, you knew what was coming next. And it could also put your life in danger. So certain rules you just didn't break. Um, certain paths you just wasn't really ready, ready to take just yet. <laughs> but anywho, um, so, you know, that was your daily routine. Mama go to work. Y'all, you know, stay in the house. You probably get a chance to go outside right before she go to work or something like that. But um, you knew you knew what to do and what not to do. And um, although you guys were pretty young, you were pretty, um, what's the word? You were very, you were kind of mature to to do what you were told. Mama trusted you, so she knew. You know, these days you can't really. Sometimes you can't do what a lot of parents did back then because. A lot of these kids ain't going to listen, and they're going to put themselves in positions that's going to get a whole lot of us in trouble. <laughs> so, again, you know what not to do. So, you know, uh, family would come to visit here and now and then, and one day you had a, a cousin or uncle that came to visit you guys. Um, he was something like an uncle, but he was truly your cousin, your mom's uh, first cousin, probably your second cousin. And um, he came to visit you guys, and... Um, when he would come, you know, you guys would, your mom would talk to him and um, he would make you guys laugh. He would probably bring you guys some coins because back then, you know, coins was a lot to receive <laughs> from a visiting family member. So, um, you know, uh, uh, so, you know, this I, I, actually he came to visit and he let your mom know that he really needed a place to stay. Uh, for a little while, even if I guess it was temporary. So, um, mom allowed him to stay with you guys, and this gave mama a little help because he could watch you guys while mom go to work. You know, mom gave him the rundown of what the deal was with the rules, so he could know that we know uh, that the kids know, should I say, um, what the rules are, and you know, go from there. So, now you guys have a babysitter. And um, he would watch TV with you guys, help you guys with your food or whatever. He always had this weird, weird aura about him uh, to one of to to one of you anyway. Um, had this weird aura. I'm sorry, what is wrong with my words? <laughs> this weird aura about him. He just, you know, you just couldn't put your finger on it. And you're a kid, so you don't really know that much. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you know. He fed you guys, put you guys in the bed, and by the time mama get home, you know, everything is done. She get to rest a little bit more. The next night, same thing, you know, play with you guys a little bit, watch TV, you know, fix you guys dinner, and um, put you in the bed, you know, get you ready for the next day for school. Um, the third night, it was the same thing, you know. So it kind of let your mom know that he was kind of getting the hang of things, which was a good thing. So that she was able to let her guard down a little bit because she seemed a little tense around him. 
And that probably was because she wasn't used to nobody being with her children. She was used to leaving her kids as they were because they were just fine as they were. But she was grateful for the help, so she took it. Um, again, you, 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 you were one of those kids that liked to lay back and relax and watch the clouds. You were a dreamer. So, you know, having, having somebody around for you to talk to and run your mouth to was kind of a good thing because you was one of those kids that was told, be quiet, sit down, you're doing too much. What's wrong with you? You got ants in your pants? So to have somebody that was entertaining your conversation was 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 kind of a good thing <laughs> to you anyway. You know, you felt you felt paid attention to, you know. Mama was working, it was understood. So, um Um, one particular night, normal routine, help you with your homework, get a little TV, mama gone to work, she made sure she laid down the law before she left cook the food all you had to do was feed you guys this night feed it to you you know put you uh, get get you in the bath and then get you in the bed that was that was and that and that's kind of basically what happened um and you guys were uh, you you were always the last one to go to sleep so you were laying in your bed with your with your book as usual you know you kind of snuck a book with you so you had your book under the covers and you're reading as usual as you would in the, at night, you know, because you you was used to sneaking your book <laughs> in your room with you and putting it under your cover so you could read in the dark and without your mom knowing you were still up. So you was reading your book till you dozed off. You dozed off with your flashlight on. It's okay. You're probably going to kill your battery. <laughs> but you totally forgot. As you're laying there, you're starting to drift off into your dreamland, and you're enjoying it. And that was one thing about your books um, at night. They would help put you to sleep and help give you some of the best dreams. Um, as you was dozing off and you was in La La Land enjoying the scenery, um, you felt a shift that woke you up a little bit. You're still dreaming, so it's almost like you're flying in the air, and you felt this shift. It's like somebody hit you while you flying mid in mid air. <laughs> um, so you sleepingly, uh, after the second or third shift, you sleepingly, you know, peeked out of your eyes, and as you peeked through your eyelids, you noticed it was your cousin slash uncle. But what was he doing? And um, he was smiling at you. And so you opened your eye and you looked at him and you said, and you said, hi. <laughs> um, he said, you okay? He said, I'm okay. I'm fine. He said, okay. I was just making sure you was okay. So you doze back off. He, 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 he walks out of your room and you doze back off. That was weird. That's what you thought. <laughs> so as you doze back off again, and you're middle, in the middle of your dream, you feel this shift again. This time, you're almost afraid to open your eyes because in your dream, things have shifted so much. It's not such a good dream anymore. So now you're afraid to open your eyes to see what's really shifting you this time. Well, as you 
kind of lay and tried to pretend sleep, you started to feel a hand go down the back of your pants and you feel totally uncomfortable. You don't know what to do. So you just pretended to play sleep in hopes that it would stop. The next day, mom come home. It's like you're quiet. It's like nothing happened. You don't know what to say. The next night, you have a bad dream and it happens again. This almost became routine for a little while and you would always try to pretend like you were asleep hoping it would go away. So one day out of the blue, this cousin slash uncle had to leave. So he left. You was grateful, you was glad to be honest. Um, but you were different. Something was different about you. You wasn't as happy as giddy and as giddy as you used to be. As time went on, of course, um, you became a, a, a young adult. I say about teen years, preteen years, 12, 13, maybe 14. And um, now you're moving around in life and um, you're outside a little bit more, a little bit more freedom. Uh, you came up in a school with a bunch of children that, I don't know, it was, it was kind of a mixed reaction. A lot of children seemed like they couldn't stand you. So they, they would talk about you, talk about your hair, talk about your clothes, um, talk about what you had or didn't have. Um, at home, things were, I don't know, kind of shaky. Mom had a boyfriend. You and your brother get along sometimes, you know, or you and your other siblings. It's almost like everybody kind of do their own thing and everybody kind of went their own way. So you felt like a loner because in school, you know, the children gave you H-E-L-L. <laughs> Um, church was a safe place for you. You liked church. You loved church. Church was one of those places where you felt alive, you felt free, and you felt safe. So you kind of got yourself into church because it was your safe place. Nothing could ever happen in church. And church is where you was able to express your voice. You was able to, once again, feel like that little girl that used to dream a lot. So you wrote a lot. And in church is that again, that was your playground. That was your safe place. And you loved your pastor. You loved talking to your pastor, and you and your pastor's daughter were good friends. So, you know, you guys hung out quite often. Um one day as you was hanging out at your um best friend's house, um, you ran into your pastor in the hallway, which was almost like a father figure for you because you grew up without a father. So, you know, he was a father figure to you. He ran in, you ran into him in the hallway. You guys running up and down the hallway. And um, <laughs> he, 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 he asked you, where are you going so fast? <laughs> and, 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 of course, you was a little embarrassed. And so you apologized for running in the house. He said, thank you. You, you love being here because this was like your home away from home. And, again, you um, at home was a different thing. So let's talk about home. As you can see, you know, what was going on there at home. Things were, again, a little bit shaky. Mom had a boyfriend. Your brother, your siblings kind of hung out with themselves and by themselves. And you did your own thing. 
um, you didn't really like home. Let's just be honest. Home wasn't as homey as it used to be. And home was the last place you wanted to be. So you tried as much as you could to not be home. Even in school, while you were in school, you got into different um, to different activities in school. You were in band. You were cheerleader. Whatever it took to keep you from being home. Um, 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 hanging out with your friends was... And you didn't have many, but hanging out with your pastor daughter uh, was the highlight of your day a lot of times. You know, you guys' relationship wasn't perfect sometimes, but um, and you kind of had an idea of why, but you would never speak up about it because you would never want to break such a good friendship. And it was something that you was really longing for, a nice friendship, because it seems that when you would get friends, they get to be friends with people, it didn't last very long for whatever reason. Anywho... You were at the pastor's house one day, and y'all was all hanging and um, in the backyard, and um, you and your friend were out, and y'all, you guys were feeding the ducks in the backyard by the pond, and you guys was just talking, and um, you, uh, your friend mentioned to you about how, um, how you, 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 let's start here. You mentioned to your friend about how lucky she is to have a father that, that she does. And she mentioned to you, well, he gets on her nerves sometimes because he never really lets her do certain things. Um, so, you know, I guess, you know, in her eyes, but you, you know, you understood what it was to grow up without a father. So you were kind of envious a little, but not to, you know, not to, to, to no hurt, harm, or danger. It was just you wish that you had a father of your own. So you valued the relationship between you and her dad as your pastor and as a father figure. Um, you guys were starting to make your way over into the house. It was time for dinner. And um, after dinner, you and, um, you and um, the pastor, of course, had, a, had a, a meeting to talk about some of the things that you had been growing through. To help, like a counseling session to help you. So, you know, you went in and um, after dinner, you you guys had your session. Well, during your session, um, it just so happened that your pastor mentioned to you about um, how grateful he was to have you around. And, and, and the influence that he felt like you had had on his daughter. So you appreciated this comment. It fed your spirit. And it made you feel good about who you were in spite of everything that everybody else would say about you. So as the days went on, your relationship with this family grew and you guys bonded a little bit more. Um, I guess you could say around the age of 16 or 17, um, things had changed up a little bit. Your friend had gotten a car. Of course, you didn't have, your, have a car just yet. Your mom wasn't on the same budget as the pastor, let's just say. So you didn't have a car just yet. Matter of fact, you didn't know if you would ever get a car with the way your mom was set up. So, you know, one day you guys, you know, you and, you're, you and your friend would take rides here and there. And it was exciting. Again, once again, this was the highlight. The only difference is now that you guys are into boys. <laughs> so, you know, your friend would pull up on her friend, guys. And the thing is, you didn't have as much as your friend did. Um, you didn't grow up with the same as she did. So when you guys would pull up on different guys and things of that nature, she would get a lot, a lot of attention because she had the car, of course. She had a little music in it. 
And you know, her parents made sure she was straight. She had the nice purses, she had the nice outfits, and you would take whatever you had and just make it do, make do with it. And the, the best thing about it though, was you were pretty. You both were, but your beauty is what helped you stand out. It was kind of something that you couldn't help. And it's like, you really didn't know how beautiful you really were. And it's like, I don't know if you, I, I do know. <laughs> I don't know if you grew up without um, hearing it enough or you just did not understand uh, where the true beauty came from because based on what the kids did with you at school, you could tell that, okay, well, it wasn't in your hair. <laughs> it wasn't with your nails because once again, they still, you had guys that, they still judged you based on what you wore or didn't have. You got, had guys in school that would like you, but didn't want everybody else to know they liked you. So it was almost like it was this popularity thing. You was just different. You never really fit in nowhere. Um, but it was okay, because even in solitude, you found peace. But you had this fear of being alone. You had this deep fear of being alone. You did not want to grow up and have the career and the house and all of the things but no family to share it with again you didn't really know your true beauty well one day at church you were so proud of yourself after a spoken word you had given again this was the norm for you to uh, come and speak your speak your peace speak your uh, gifts your creative creativeness this is how you expressed it so one day after church um the pastor asked to speak to you in his office and um you wonder what could this be about i hope it hasn't been something that your friend did and has gotten you in that you can't explain because you guys hadn't talked so you didn't really know but you went anyway so after church you know you went into his office to see what it was that was growing on and um, as you walked in, the pastor asked you to close the door behind you, and you did. You felt like he was in the principal's office. You felt like he was in trouble. But um, he, and he saw the look of concern on your face, so he told you everything was okay. You had nothing to worry about. That gave you a little bit of relief. He was like, sit down. Let me talk to you. And he and, 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 and you sat down, and he, was, he just went on about to tell you how proud he was about the spoken word that you gave and how gifted he feels as though you could be and the, how gifted he feels as though you are and how successful he feels as though you can be one day. This made you feel good. It's like he was pouring into your spirit saying the very things that you needed to hear to help encourage you because nobody really understood the troubles that you had growing on as you grew up. Or as you, you know, as you went throughout your days, because when you was home, you dealt with certain things. And when you was out and about, you dealt with certain things. So, um, as he spoke to you, he walked over and he touched you on your hand and told you, you're going to be all right. God got you. You're in a great place. You're a very beautiful girl. And, and, and with that beauty, you can have a lot of the things in the world because your beauty is from the inside out. Continue to be you, he said, as he looked you in your face. And um, he touched your hand, and he leaned over, and he tried to kiss you, and you moved your head, and you jumped up out of your seat. And you're like, why? And he walked over to you again. He's like, I'm not going to hurt you. And he reached out to try to kiss you again. And you pushed away, and you opened the door, and you ran out. 
for the rest of the night you had nothing to say. You called your mom to come and get you because at this point you were ready to leave. But it took her a while to come and get you because she was working. So you had to stay. You remained in, your, in the room that you shared with your friend and you didn't really have much of nothing to say the rest of the night. Your friend asked you what was wrong, but you didn't say anything. You kept it to yourself. As time went on, you left the church. You no longer wanted to be in the church. You no longer trusted the pastor. You no longer trusted the deacons. You no longer trusted men. You had this distorted... Um, you had this distorted vision of what love is, of what life is, even sex. You had opened your body to guys along the way, not knowing what real love is, trying to find your way. You've opened your spirit up to people that you thought would protect you, and they hadn't. You were angry. You no longer wanted to survive and live in this type of environment. You were done. You had medicines that you took that would help you with things like your anemia. You didn't want it. You were tossing across the room. You hated being at home, so you fussed with your mom. You fussed with your, your siblings. You definitely hated her boyfriend, and you would definitely never tell why. Because nobody would believe you anyway. So you just kept it to yourself. As time went on, you became an adult woman. Let me, let me, no, no, no. Let me say this right. Let me back up a little bit. There were certain things before you became an adult woman that you needed to learn. But because your mom was so um, protective of you, she didn't really understand a lot of what you were growing through. She, did, she wanted to protect you from the world, but she didn't really understand that it was more of the world that you needed to know before you stepped out there. You, were, you was of age now, and it's time for you to move on. But, of course, your mother didn't feel like it. She's already told you you don't have to leave her house till you're 30 years old. That was so not what you wanted. <laughs> That was so not what you wanted. You wanted your freedom. You wanted to expand. You wanted to expand your horizons. And there was no way to do it in the comfort of your mother's home. So you found ways to find freedom, even though she wanted you to stay put. You found ways to get out of the house. You found ways to defy her rules. It's just like you didn't care anymore. One day you got caught sneaking in and she decided to go back to her old ways and put hands on you. That didn't sit well with you. So, that night, you know, later on that night, when you was awake by yourself in your room, you sat there. You looked over at a bottle of pills that sat by your, your, your bed. A bottle of ibuprofen. And you was just tired. You didn't want to do it anymore. So you picked up that bottle and you emptied the pills in your hands and you hated taking pills. But at this point, you was hating life. So you took those pills and you swallowed them. You swallowed about five or six of them. And then you laid back on your bed and you cried yourself and you cried yourself and you cried yourself to sleep. As you went to sleep, all you could think about is, Lord, don't let me wake up. But God had different plans. You woke up anyway. 
You woke up early and all of the pills that you swallowed. You woke up with the worst headache in the middle of the night and once again back in the same place you tried to escape from. There was no escape because you had to learn. You didn't know what it was you needed to learn. All you kept hearing is, I need to learn. I need to go. I need to get it. Not knowing nowhere, not knowing at all where you're going or where it is that it is for you to go. One day, you heard a whisper in your ear because that was just your first attempt. One day, you heard a whisper in your ear that said, it's time for you to go. And in your mind, you're like, I've been through that. <laughs> and you said, and the whisper said, you got to go now. And you was like, I don't know where I'm going. The whisper also said, if you don't leave now, there are certain things that you need to learn now that you're going to learn later and it won't be good. You didn't know what that meant. You didn't know what the heck that meant in no way, shape, form, or fashion. You didn't even know where you could go and how you could get there. All you knew is these words was kind of going along with how you were feeling, which was the fact that you really didn't want to be there anymore. That wasn't your home. That was everybody else's home but yours. You were on a search for a home. At this time, it was time for you to step into unknown territory. You didn't know where it was you needed to be, but little did you know you were exactly where you needed to be. Because it was time to take that first step. That first step that was going to lead you to a place of unknown, but a place of passion, a place of, of, of miracles, a place of dreams. Anything had to be better than where you were. As you moved on through life, you had different encounters. You dealt with baby mamas, <laughs> women that didn't want to be your friend, women that were determined to keep you away from their children, no matter how much you loved them. As long as you was attached to that man, they didn't want you to have nothing to do with their children. Your career was up and down. You tried to work a regular job. Your back went out one day, so then you had to settle for your hustles, which was no problem. You realized along the way it was never meant for you to work for anybody anyway. As you went on, you had different health issues. One health issue kept you in the hospital a lot, kept you having to have blood transfusion after blood transfusion. No matter what through all of this, one thing I can say, you remained a person of love. You remained a person of empathy. You didn't allow circumstances to change you, but it was, it was many times that you really did want to change who you were. It was many times that you thought that your heart was your curse. And for a long time, that was your belief. You believed your heart was your curse because behind every, it seems like every time you were hurt, it was based on what you allowed your heart to be entangled in or lead you to so you almost hated your heart you didn't understand and you realized when it came to love and when it came to life you had to tread thoughtfully and carefully when it came to people you didn't trust easily one day as you was driving along 
you felt this urge. This urge to want more. This urge to want out. And you did one thing that you had done was allow your pride to get into what in the way of where you wanted to go. You had allowed your pride to put you in a place of denial because you was in a relationship with somebody that you really truly didn't have the freedom to be yourself. You didn't know how to get out of it. It was hurtful and it just created a lot of doubt. You wanted this relationship because you wanted the person you were with to change. But you have become of age where you realize, honey, you can't change nobody. People change because they want to. You were driving in your car one day, just so upset about life's choices and everything that has happened. And you wanted out. You wanted a new life. You wanted a new beginning. You wanted a new start. Especially if with the person you were with wasn't going to change for the better. Excuse me. <laughs> One day as you was driving along the highway, you was so far in your mind and your thoughts. Just enjoying the breeze, enjoying the peace that you found and taking a drive. Out of nowhere from your left, you're struck by a truck and you're pushed off to the side of the highway and the truck landed on top of you. When you woke up again, you were in a hospital. Two broken wrists, two broken hips, a broken leg, a broken foot, lacerated organs, and a trach in your throat. Could this really truly be life? You were mad God had waking you up. You were mad that you were here, all broken. You couldn't understand what you did to deserve all of what had happened in your life thus far. And this was the first time that you had been in a position where you couldn't move, you couldn't do anything, you couldn't go, you couldn't even feed yourself. You was totally dependent on those that you loved to help you. Those that you ran from, those that you resented for not protecting you. Those that should have seen, those that should have known, and those that should have loved you better. And these were the same people that you needed at this moment to take care of you. You didn't understand this. All you could say was, why me? Why me? Why me? Why am I still here? Why do I have to live through this? Why do I have to endure this? How could so much pain be brought upon a person that has been so good to everybody? Regardless of what has happened in your life and all of the, 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 the wrong or ugly that has came upon you, you have always been a true a truly given person you never stop loving although you hated your heart at times you never stop giving although people took from you at times you never stop being you and here you lay right here holding on to your life by a string by a thread with a tube in your throat 
And the last thing you want to be is alive. You question everything. You question everything, including God. Including God. Especially God. See, what you didn't know in the midst of all of this, that you were being pushed and tried. You was being scarred. You was you had trauma for days. In the midst of all of this, what you didn't know is that you was being sharpened and you was being prepared to answer a call. You was asked to have courage when you felt like you had none. In the midst of all of this, you still had light. Because even as you laid there, people started to reach out to you, wondering what had happened. People started to be drawn to you, show you love out of nowhere. Some people fell on, some people fell off. But there was a light that came on with you, even in the midst of all of this. And it set you in a place, it put you in a place where you had no choice but to sit down and think about a lot of what you've grown through. In the midst of everything you've grown through, it's like it put you in a place almost like a sacrificial lamb. It made you discover some truths about yourself. Delight did. It was time to clear the air. It was time to talk about things. It was time to allow things to heal for once and for all. You no longer wanted to be invisible. You no longer wanted to have all of these silent cries. And you finally was ready to let the known, the unknown be known. You had lost everything. You couldn't work anymore. You couldn't hustle anymore. And you still had a man that was there. But he was inconsistent. You couldn't walk for a while. You couldn't talk for a while. You couldn't do anything. But but allow. 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 And choose a path. Of where you was going to grow from here. One thing you knew it was that you was not going to lay down. And you was not going to lay down without a fight. You wanted to be back to where you were. Even if you didn't get back to your full capacity, you refused to stay in this wheelchair. You refused to not be able to care for yourself. You refused to go on without your full freedom. You fought back. You never denied, you may have questioned God, but you never denied God. You became one day a life coach. You didn't realize that you had been given the keys to life through all of the tragedy and triumph that you had grown through. You had been given keys to help somebody else in ways that you couldn't help yourself. You find yourself talking to little girls and grown women about some of the same tragedies that you had endured 
empowering them with your light that still remains. You were able to talk to people and teach them about snakes. Show them the good and the bad side of snakes. Snakes shed skin. That's new beginnings. But snakes are also here to bite you. So when you see a snake, recognize a snake. They ain't all bad and they ain't all good. You was able to teach people that things along the way were going to come to try to take your beauty, try to distract you on your path, and try to disrupt your smooth sailing. But you're supposed to keep growing. You're supposed to keep growing. Don't let it stop you. Your story became a book. Your story brought life to people that thought they were dead. Your story put you in a place that you never thought you would be. You became anchored in your beliefs. You became anchored in knowing that you were protected by angels because no matter what happened around you and how much it happened, your life was always spared. You became focused. And although you moved still through many towers in your life that tore down some things and also built up some others, you never stopped believing in the new beginnings and the blessings that were coming your way. I say all of this to say somebody needs to use their story. Somebody needs to be a light for somebody else in the dark. Somebody else needs to understand that that why me syndrome or that why me mindset. Job had the same mindset. And we all do. We all have had some part of our life that made us wonder why me? Why me? Why, why not you? Maybe nobody else can do it like you. Maybe nobody else can endure it like you. And sometimes God will ask some of us to be sacrificial lambs for others. Little do you know, somewhere along the way, somebody has been praying for a, a, a change in their life. And you was looking for it to come one way and it's coming another. You want to change, but you want to control how that change is supposed to come. I'm asking you to release and let go and believe in what's already in you. Believe in the steps that's being taken in your life. Don't doubt what doesn't look right. Don't doubt what doesn't look right. Because it may not look like what you expect it to. Your blessing that is. Your abundance that is. It's going to come in a way that you never expected. Again, it's going to be in a way that's going to introduce you to your purpose. And what you're really truly here to do. You don't need to know all of the answers. All you need to know and do is follow the breadcrumbs. That empathy that you kept along the way is going to be what you need to help lead you. Help feel help help you feel along feel your way through. You have the freedom to create your own happiness. You don't have to allow what has happened in your past, what has burdened you, what has traumatize you will have broken you in more ways than one you don't have to allow that thing to put you in a place of fear like you can never have or like you'll never get over understand that your fear that you can replace it with awareness when you are aware of what's truly happening 
you can release all that isn't those illusions those fears that we you know come up with in our head it's your time it's your time for you to use your story it's your time for you to use all of what has come against you your pain your fears and be a light for somebody else because you see yourself in a lot of people and a lot of people see themselves in you I pray this story wasn't too long to draw it out. Thank you guys for listening. I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. I'll talk to you guys in a minute. Peace.